The worst thing is the best thing. Hey, YouTube theologians, Pastor Wolfmuller here. I've been saying this a lot. In fact, I if someone can design this on a t-shirt or a sticker, that would be awesome. The worst thing is the best thing. The worst thing that can happen to you is the best thing that can happen to you. Paul says it like this when he writes to the Philippians to have joy in the midst of their suffering. He says, to me, for me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. We always say, I'm sorry for your loss, but, and true enough, when we're mourning, we've lost someone, but for the one who's died, that's no loss at all. We don't lose our life. We gain life eternal. We move from, from this life of sin and sorrow to stand before the face of Jesus and wait the resurrection. So that the Christian is to be, even though we fight for life because the Lord has given us life and we, we protect life in every way, we, we know the fifth commandment stands as God's honoring of life and we, we're not supposed to die. We, we weren't created to die. It's an invasion of sin and the consequence of sin, the wages of sin is death. And yet because of what Jesus has done in his suffering and death and resurrection, death is now the last enemy that's been conquered and we pass through death to life. It's not that we live and then we die. We die and then we live. John chapter 5, where Jesus says, Those who believe in me have passed from death to life. Already you have passed from death to life. And so now your death is being welcomed into the joy of the Lord to, again, to wait the resurrection and the new heaven and the new earth where the righteous will, will dwell. So the worst thing is the best thing. This is so phenomenal. I got to tell this to someone whose death is drawing near yesterday, and I said, hey, the worst is the best. And, and to tell it to you too, so that when it's time for you to die, and when it's time for me to die, to remember that the worst thing is the best thing. I think this is what Luther learned from the martyrs. He, these martyrs, especially these young girl martyrs, Agnes and Agatha, that I've told you about. It wrote about in the book, uh, And Take They Our Life. You can download that for free, by the way. It's some great stuff. As Luther preaches, his, in his, even in his last sermon, a couple of days before he dies, he's talking about Agnes and Agatha and how they were being led to their torture and led to their death, and they went along skipping and dancing as if they were being brought to a wedding feast. Why? Because for them, the worst thing is the best thing. For them to live as Christ, to die is gain. For them, the flames that ended their life was the door to life eternal. <laughs> Can you imagine? So the, the, the picture here is like the, the devil grabs you by the scruff of the neck. He's going to drag you and throw you in the pit and throw you in the fire, drown you in the water. And he says, come on, I'm going to kill you. And you say, finally, <laughs> it's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> what I've been hoping for and longing for. To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. Now we remember these two things, to live as Christ to die is gain. 
So while the Christian longs for heaven and longs to see the face of the Lord and longs to be delivered from the troubles of this life, we, we live here also in joy. So we, we live with joy and we die with joy because the Lord gives them both to us as a gift. So the Lord gives us another life here. We say, thank you, Lord. And then the Lord brings us to life eternal and we say, thank you, Lord. Knowing that if the worst is the best, then everything in between is going to be fine. <laughs> Remember how, again, a theme that we've discussed plenty of times. Hebrews chapter 2 says that, that Jesus became flesh and blood so that through his death he might set us free from the power of death and free from bondage who were all their lives in the bondage to the fear of death. So that the fear of death is bondage. But to know that the Lord Jesus has transformed our death by his resurrection sets us free. So imagine, and we've, we've done this imagination before, so forgive me for putting it up here again, but in the context, this is part of the argument that the worst thing is the best thing. So imagine that you're part of the, uh, you're an enemy of St. Paul, okay? Imagine, like, you're, you and I are part of this group. Remember when Paul was arrested in Jerusalem and they, these guys promised to not eat or drink until they murdered him? What a bunch of knuckleheads. Anyway, imagine we're part of that group and, uh, and we're sitting there and wow, we really just hate St. Paul and we're enraged at St. Paul and, and we can't stand St. Paul and we want to get at him. And so we say, what are we going to do? And the answer is, well, let's kill him. So we're all worked up to kill St. Paul until one of the guys raises his hand and says, hey, uh, I think it's a great idea. We should kill Paul. But the problem is I read this letter that he wrote to his friends in Philippi, and he says that for him to live as Christ, to die is gain. We'd be blessing him if we killed him. <laughs> all right, well, let's just arrest him and beat the tar out of him and cause him all sorts of suffering. Let's do that. And it's, yeah, it's a great idea too. I love that idea. Except for I was reading this letter that he wrote to his friends in Rome and he says that you count it all joy when you suffer various trials knowing that suffering produces patience and patience produces endurance and endurance produces hope and hope doesn't disappoint us because God has poured his spirit out on us. Romans 5.1 and following. So what's the best thing you can do to St. Paul? Leave him alone, I guess. That's like the worst thing is you can ignore him. But you can't. The world can't ignore the, the, the St. Paul. It can't ignore the preaching of the gospel. It can't. It tries at will. It, it can't escape it. It echoes too much in the conscience. <laughs> the best thing, the worst thing you can do is the best thing. And that means that St. Paul is, in a way, persecution-proof devil proof. Imagine how frustrating it would be to be the devil trying to get after St. Paul. Imagine how frustrating it would be to be the devil to try to get after you. You who know that the worst thing is the best thing. To live as Christ, to die as game. <laughs> And this is freedom. It's freedom from the fear of death. Freedom from the tyranny of the devil. 
it's the freedom that's talked about. Remember when the conquering of the devil is talked about? I hope you heard it last week on St. Michael's Day. This beautiful text from uh, Revelation 12, where the woman is giving birth and the dragon's trying to devour the child, and then the child is caught up to heaven and to rule the world with a, uh, a rod of iron. That's the birth and ascension of Jesus. It's all Psalm 2 language. It's really quite beautiful. The devil, St. Michael then casts the devil out of the heavenly courtroom and he comes down to the earth raging because his time is short and then it says that they, the people that the devil is raging against, overcame him. Don't miss that. It's not just that they resisted him or kept distance from him or somehow muted his power, but that the Christians, the saints, overcame the devil. The same word that's there in the letters to the uh, churches at the beginning, to the one who overcomes. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of the testimony, their testimony, and that they didn't love their lives unto death. That, that is, that they knew that the worst thing is the best thing. That, and that overcomes the devil. This is one of the reasons why. I mean, the death. The, the Bible wants us to have a real clear picture of death. And it's, and and maybe to to take it in two layers. The, that the first is that we recognize that death is unnatural. That we, we have to fight against this evolutionary secularist view, the circle of life, and we live and we die, and that whole thing. That, every, that, 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 that death is not natural. It's an unnatural invasion in the world. We were never meant to die. God created Adam and Eve to live forever. It's amazing to think about. So that death is, a, is an intervention. It's an alien aspect of creation. It's a, it's a punishment for sin. On the day that you eat of it, dying you will die. The wages of sin is death. We got to know that death is the enemy that, that Jesus comes to conquer. But then that's the, the great uh, news. The second part is that death is the conquered enemy. Jesus is right now conquering death, and on the last day he will conquer it completely. But he has now made death for you the way to life immortal. Death is where all the, all the sin that so tightly clings to your soul, all the rebellion which infects you, all of it is, you're loosed from it, freed from it. And this is why the Bible gives such sweet names to death, that these old dulce nomine morte that the old theologians talked about, the sweet candy names of death like to be gathered to the fathers, or to pass from death to life, or to depart in peace, or gain, to live as Christ, to die as gain, or Jesus says, sleep, we go to see Lazarus, he's asleep, I'm gonna wake him up, or the woman, or the, or the daughter upstairs, Tabitha Kum, the little girl sleeps, I'll wake her, and Paul says we sleep, there is a, we know of a rest in Jesus' name, so that we, in fact, are resting in peace, waiting for the resurrection. Can you imagine? When you talk about sleep, it means that you're going to wake up. You are going to wake up. The sweetest name of all, I think, comes in Revelation. We mentioned it at the very beginning, that we will 
that we will see him, Jesus, we will see him face to face. And on the face, on that sacred face, is a smile. There's a... There is a twinkle in the eyes of Jesus waiting for you who trust in Him. The, the same lips that spoke it is finished and breathed out the Holy Spirit will say well done oh. <laughs> that's that's how the devil is gonna is gonna is gonna attack me is by threatening to send me there to the face of Jesus well send me There's an old, there's an old hymn about the martyrs that I think we tracked it down to Thomas Aquinas at some point. Luther quotes it. They would sing it. And the line in there goes like this. Unknowingly, they lead us to life. <laughs> Unknowingly, they lead us to joy. Unwittingly, the devil the world and the flesh are leading us to glory. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> because the worst thing is the best thing. And everything between now and then isn't so bad either. May God give you this peace.